This is GWC podcast number 351, recorded November 25th, 2012. In this episode, Audra looks something up on a tablet. Sean looks something up on a tablet. Chuck looks something up on a tablet. And we talk Bob. But first, your hosts, three unrepentant sci-fi geeks. I'm Chuck Cage. And one day you end up a big evil, you know, crap ass. And with me, Audra Hester. If I had a nickel for every time I got boned at the Eye of Jupiter, man. And Sean O'Hara. <laughs> I shall fart in the future. Our mission, enjoy new science fiction, fantasy, and other cool stuff every week and share the experience with you. Oh yeah, and have some fun in the process. GWC is brought to you largely by the generosity of listeners like you. It's your donations that keep us going. For more information on how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash support. And the fine folks at audible.com. Visit www.audiblepodcast.com slash watercooler for your free audiobook. Of course, we'd love to hear your opinions, too. So if you have something to say or, hey, you can introduce us to something new, don't just holler at your MP3 player. Give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229, extension 701. And leave us a voicemail for inclusion in a future show. Better yet, you can join the GWC community, a group widely recognized as the friendliest people in sci-fi, and watching, reading, and enjoying all kinds of cool stuff 24-7 over on galacticwatercooler.com, our website, blog, and forum. GWC is a spoiler-free podcast, and we define spoilers as definitive information regarding material not yet released in the United States or its country of origin. In short, if it's out, it's fair game. Welcome back, everybody. Hello. Indeed. You guys. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> you ever have one of those moments where your life provides you a moment of clarity? I, 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 Very rarely. <laughs> I, not nearly as often as I would like. I was watching, you know, I got a tablet a while back and, and uh, Kayla has now learned to use it because, you know, Android and, and apps now are extremely, it's all point and shoot. So you want, you yeah. see something you like, you click on it and all that. Well, she knows how to use Netflix, right? It's amazing. Little, I, I've seen these little kids, even on TV now, you see two year olds oh, yeah, no, you know, she, flipping through iPads. And she can and she does, you know. And she's I've like, got, have you seen this morning's Wall Street Journal? <laughs> <laughs> Look, father i have researched this you know so we've got netflix and she i she uses my tablet more than i do i've got a little asus uh, transformer 3 great powerful fast machine so she uses it to do her netflix selections right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh it's I, recommending now like, she's not even three oh, that's yeah, amazing i mean and it's weird because before you know netflix does the recommendations and stuff and and mine were always like, oh, we recommend you see, you know, a Gunslinger Girl and this and this. And, you know, and now it's like uh, provided. Vampire Bikini Babes from Outer Space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that Rosario Vampire. You know, now it's like uh, based on your 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 love of racy sci-fi and anime and Dora the Explorer, we have notified the FBI. <laughs> it's, it's like, well, crap. You know, <laughs> Have you got some kind of like limitations on there so that she doesn't end up accidentally yeah, stumbling into hers it. is um like on my my pad it's yeah, yeah. it's uh uh locked down to so she right, can just see I the little it. kid section and stuff so like i said it's on on mine on my computer it's all <laughs> you know anime and and sci-fi and the stuff i normally watch and then on hers so i have this great i mean they don't even know what to recommend for me at any anymore. yeah yeah it's just, it's, 
See, my problem is with Amazon. Because yeah, you look I, up stuff for Toolmonger. Right. <laughs> we <laughs> think you need tools. I buy Lots stuff. Of tools. I buy stuff, you know, which I buy a pretty wide range of stuff. And I bought everything from like household, like counter cleaner to, you know, electronics tea. to tea. Yeah, I bought all kinds of food. I bought cereal one time. That was my favorite. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, why not? I was know? that lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need Catcher of the Rye and Captain Crunch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, That's what my recommendations look. Oh, and and like a you know Black and Decker drill. <laughs> I'm just like, why am I getting I all these air compressors? I don't understand. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Yeah, it's just it's no, Milwaukee fun. torque wrench <laughs> and history of Latin American. Right. Oh, like, yeah, I buy it, my school books there, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just looking for Emily Dickinson. I don't understand. Why do I need a torque wrench? <laughs> yeah. Recommended for you, the new Emily Dickinson torque wrench. <laughs> I'm not sure how that works. There's a great joke in there, and I'm just not quick enough. It has and like Green a Green Gables screwdriver set. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, man, I have, to, I have to throw out a thank you to uh, Default Profit, man, because I, I, uh, he's a longtime GWC listener, and uh, I, was lo- I was looking for a popcorn movie last night to watch. Uh, Audrey- oh, yeah, this is great. Yeah, and uh, he mentioned Battleship. And I, I was like, like Battleship. I was like, okay, be straight with me. I liked it, me. too, yeah. Be straight with me. Is Battleship cool? Should, is it going to be okay? He's like, first hour is pretty forgettable, solid after that. And I'm like, okay, fine. You know, and we watch it. The exposition, correct. The exposition was a hair on the long side. It's true. It's an action movie, and and they don't actually get beyond all the like romantic attachments and everything until like the first hour. So, but yeah. you know, I, I, I liked it. the movie. Is it a good film? No, eh, not really. <laughs> not is it really. A, is it a fun film? Yes. Yes. Is it so bad that you actually get bored watching it? No. It was I a good time. I enjoyed it. I had fun with it. Yeah. If, if you were, and I was I was interested enough to enjoy it as a fun. You know, as we were going, it was fun. Like I I probably wouldn't watch it again. You know, it's sort of like but not because I regret it, just because I I got what I needed to out of it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's Transformers without all that plot. <laughs> you know, I, I know this is. This is totally expected, probably, of me to go here, but um, I just have to mention, it's less sexist than Transformers, so I kind of appreciate that. Many things you know? are. <laughs> a- aside yeah, from that's, the... That's really tough. I don't know how they accomplish that. I that's... mean, it it's still, you know, kind of... Well, it's sexist still in some ways, but, you know, I never imagined Rihanna as quite the token as she was in this movie. No. I'm like, what is she doing there? She just totally does not... I don't know. Looking hot with half of her hey, shaved head, and I, I don't know. I, did she? I didn't she did see her right take though. off her hat at all. Well, she she has a shaved head. Yeah, yeah, I know, so, but I mean, you don't see it. Not really. No. I, They're trying to do the Vasquez thing, you know. Yeah, and, and I haven't seen anybody pull off Vasquez since Vasquez. Well, so. that's because Vasquez was not supposed to be eye candy. Vasquez was supposed to be. Well, cool. she wasn't. It just happened to be that she was so freaking cool. Yeah, that, exactly. That she she had other qualities going on for her. She was like super hot anyway, and she could handle a rotating 50 cal. That's right. And that's what makes her cool, you know? Rihanna was brought in as eye candy, and then she was supposed to act cool. I thought it worked out, man. I thought she was remarkably like... Yeah, it was fine. I, I, 
I shouldn't. <clears throat> you know, she, I, she was like understated in it, which was yeah. cool. It's sort know? of like when they did uh, when they brought in Bon Jovi to play in U five seven one, and you're like, oh god, how's this? <laughs> you're like, really? How's that gonna work? How's this? And it worked out great. You did good. They're like, you know? hey, it worked with Tommy Lee Jones band in Under Siege. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you Speaking cannot of the it, connection. Huh? Huh? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. But you was can't. Was it the Missouri? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> and and we watched Hunt for Red October the other night. Oh yeah. Hunt for Red October holds up. That yeah, was, it does. That was, it does pretty well. That was fun. It is pretty classic. I, I don't know. I, and see, my Bon is a huge Hunt for Red October fan. So much that my mom can quote most of the movie because she's been forced to watch it so many times. And she like passes what, through what the living books. room. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, she could give you the next three lines as she passes through That's the living room. That's my favorite part, the, though, is the one where. Where he he's like uh, they're in that really horrible moment where the you know he turns in and they're waiting closing on the torpedo and he's like what books you know and you're like, <laughs> you're like what are you doing <laughs> old man awesome. that is awesome oh yeah what, but, uh, what books <laughs> what about Abra Halsey the fighting so I read this book your conclusions are all wrong <laughs> you know what classic. else I thought was cool in Battleship was that I could follow visually follow all of the chaos you know like in the in it the transformers the movies like they were putting pins that's in not grid. what i meant oh my god <laughs> oh shut up <laughs> she's like you guys are assholes i mean, I mean when you see those like those uh rotating red uh what you know they look pins? like that they no, put in the no, those those things that look like Guilty Spark from Halo. Yeah, oh, those are cool. They're yeah, they were, cool. They and then they like have cool. a tail that lashes out. When they were, those you know, cool. cutting through the whole of the battleship, like you could, you could actually kind of put it all together. Like in the Transformers movies, you can't tell what's going on. No, that is true. Yeah, and, I know what you're and saying. Two was awful about that. Yeah, yeah like really you just can't see. Yeah. There's so much stuff flying around the screen. You know, like. Yeah. colors and you lines could, and you're like well it seems cool but <laughs> i think for transformers 2 that was a lesson on what not to do it really was yeah. as far as many reasons actually of less it's like what not to do here, okay i'm making a little scale with my hands here on, on my left hand and they're about a foot apart on my left hand you have like not enough action and on the right you I'll have tell you what you do way the hell left too hand. much action yeah. right and 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 it's like they were working their way up the scale, and it's like better, 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 bad. Too much. Yeah, yeah. and that's what. Better, I mean. better. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's. I mean they learned. So we've learned several lessons from Transformers. One, don't put so much action on the screen you can't tell what's going on. Two, don't put Megan Fox in anything. Uh, three. Uh, she I mean, will just, compare you to a Nazi. Yeah. I mean, just, just lessons you learn, you know. You guys are cracking me up today. Like, uh, don't put. <laughs> she will compare you to a Nazi. There's I mean, less Nazi comparison than the the C movie that has Liam Neeson in it, a guy who played a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, lessons that we was learn. Fun. And and Battleship, no matter what Wing says, it's <laughs> he had a whole two hour tirade on why Battleship sucked. And honestly, it wasn't a great movie, but it is a lot of fun. It was a fun movie. I enjoyed it. It yeah. is a lot of fun. Yeah, if you just want something to watch that like you can kinda just chill out and not worry about and not have to Don't pay you know, a lot for it. 
Yeah. No, no. But we it, overpaid. We paid like, I think, three bucks because we nabbed it on uh, know, it might be Amazon. Worth three, we three bucks one time. Oh, we did uh, not overpay. We're three bucks for a couple watching, of watching Watching the guy in the beginning get tased right holding the burrito. <laughs> that was, yeah, that, that was, was cool. Good. That was I cool. Like, I like that, okay? <laughs> I like I like watching. Uh, watching people get tased no, I thought, amusing. I like the way they like decide to show that he when he cares about something, he is significantly motivated to do it. It was funny, yeah. Because like 45 minutes had gone by and all we'd seen was like a, a mini mart break in a soccer game and an argument between the brothers. And I'm like, this movie is about this? a battleship, right? There is a battleship in here. There was that awesome moment where I'm like, okay, look, you know, at some point, I mean, they did pay millions of dollars for this franchise. At some point, they're going to have to end up in a situation where they where can't see each other. And they have grids. They can't see each and other. And they have to say hit. they're going to shoot at each other. Yeah. Actually, it, it is kind of funny now that I think about it. When, um, well, when Alexander Skarsgård's character gets, blown, I'm sorry for the spoilers, but you know when his brother when his brother <laughs> dies. Did you listen to the intro? <laughs> yeah, when his brother dies, like he doesn't even seem upset. He's just like they I killed. He was upset. They killed my brother and all those other people. So let's keep going. I I don't think he he didn't seem upset at all. And in the end, like. They they show him in one moment, like looking at a picture of his brother, and you're like, "Oh yeah, the brother." <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about him. So yeah. did you. Yeah. That's all right. It's, it's sort of that's like why in, they had to pick someone so hot to play him, you know, so you wouldn't totally forget. Well, I do give you the point that it, there is a battleship in this movie. It's sort of like from dusk till dawn. You know, they told me there were vampires in this. They swore to me there's vampires in this. <laughs> there are. You just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not until the last hidden 30 minutes of the movie. All right. We're not going to give you anything until 30 minutes. So, yeah, I, I could see that a little bit. News. News. And now. Uh, Galactic. Every week, I don't know how Juan does that. He sings out of, you know, whatever orifices all at once, you know, like five voices. Excuse me while I sing from my ass. (laughs) Speaking of singing, you uh, inspired Juan, I guess. Oh, yeah. This was awesome. This is awesome. Well, you could introduce it. You know, oh, okay. not everybody knows what. So, so last week we were we were making fun of uh, the Beowulf movie with uh, Angelina Jolie playing Grendel's mother and getting in this romantic or sexual liaison with Beowulf, which is completely ridiculous. And the little golem-like thing that's supposed to be Grendel, who's actually this huge beast. And we got uh, joking about it, and we got singing about it, and Juan, who always comes to the rescue with his, the call. his musical fortitude showed up with this really sweet uh semi cover of uh, stacy's mom called grendel's mom and it is accurate to the original text thank you Juan. In the meat halls at night Halls at night Were you surprised When I turned and put up a fight? 
put up a fight Did your mom feel sorry when I ripped off your arm? Ripped off your arm Did she comfort when she saw that you came to harm? Came to harm You know I'm not the sort for hire that I seem to be I'm stepping up as king now, baby, can't you see? Grendel's mom has got it going on She's all I want and I've waited for so long Grendel, can't you see? It's not your mythology The story might be wrong, but I'm in love with Grendel's mom Grendel's mom has got it going on Grendel's mom has got it going on Grendel, do you remember the cave I set upon? That was my home! Your mom came out with just some gold liquid on. So fucking hot. I could tell she liked me from the way she stared. The way she stared. And the way she whipped me with her tail made of hair. And now I know that you think it's just a fantasy. But since your head fell off, your mom could use a guy like me! Grendel's mom has got it going on She's all I want and I've waited for so long Grendel, can't you see? It's not your mythology The story might be wrong, but I'm in love with Grendel's mom With Grendel's mom, whoa! With Grendel's mom, whoa! Grendel, can't you see? It's not your mythology. The story might be wrong, but I'm in love with Grendel's mom. That's awesome. (laughs) That's so freaking sweet. Uh, Great stuff. You know what is really fantastic is that in the original story, Beowulf comes out of uh, a land which is actually in Sweden, modern day Sweden. And it's not known as Sweden there. It was, you know, tribal Sweden. But in my opinion, all so, the best so new music, pre techno Sweden, all the best music for in, in Audra's world comes out of Sweden. <laughs> so it's just appropriate, right? I'm telling you. Abba. Ace of Base. Oh, yeah. Yeah, All the, of the classics. That's, that's right. Those are the only ones. <laughs> that's what Rocks, Roxette. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I like Roxette. I'm sorry. I like Ace of Base, too. In fact, I got... Okay, that's cool. Come on. I do. I like... That's good. I'm sorry. I love Roxette and I love Ace of Base. In fact, I got Ace of Base in the truck. I do. The original one. like my. got the Oh man, <laughs> the original. No, you don't. The sign. At best, you have like a, a a ten 
of bass in the in the truck. <laughs> a jack of bass. Jack of bass, maybe. I mean, it's not that much. I mean, well, you have the same truck, you know. I do. Actually, it sounds pretty good. You've got a deuce of bass. Deuce of bass. Damn, if only I had been on the ball and thought that would have been the right... I'm just off today. There are several well-known rules. Never get into land war in Asia. Never challenge Audra linguistically. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, okay, you got to tell them about this trailer because you showed this to me while we were setting up today, and this is just freaking awesome. Yeah, there's, oh, a, yes. there's a new trailer called Now You See Me. And uh, as those of you who have listened to the cast, I don't know what the film's called, know, but that's what the trailer's called. Yeah, well, <laughs> if you've listened to the cast for a while, you know that uh, especially Chuck and I are big fans of heist movies. Yes. And uh, this is about a bunch of magician thieves <laughs> who rob banks. Okay, this doesn't sound... It sounds pretty cool, but it doesn't sound nearly as cool as it really is. Yeah. Okay, because it sounded kind of cool. He's like, well, there are these magicians, and, and they, they do this heist on... They do this thing on TV where there's TV special thing where they they rob a bank, and they teleport this guy into the bank, and, and then they drop the money on the crowd and everything. And I'm like, huh. And then you watch the trailer, and you're like, holy crap! Yeah, it really cannot... It's sort of like the first version of The Matrix. It cannot be described. Really, it's like trying to describe Firefly to people. Yeah, you you really you don't get it unless you see it, and it's got this all star. I mean, Mark Ruffalo is the cop trying to catch them. Morgan Freeman and Morgan Freeman. Mark okay. Ruffalo is just awesome. Who's the guy who played Alfred? I I don't remember. I'm bad at that. Crap in, uh, in the Batman movies in the like the 1990s. The yeah, the new ones. No, the I don't Dark know. Knight. I shall yeah. look it up. Yeah. Um, but it's also got Woody Harrelson. He's in it. Uh, he's in it. And, I mean, just a couple of people. And you're looking at this, and you're looking at the the things they're showing you. And I I just I got that same feeling that I got when I saw the the new Italian Job, with yeah. Robert oh yeah, and the some of the ocean stuff. Yeah. Now, I don't Michael think it's that Gow? good. Might be. I, I don't hmm. know. Yeah, but seriously, go watch this trailer like right now. I know it's it's coming soon, which uh, Chuck and I were joking <laughs> means it's not. Yeah, because if it was coming, that's him. Yeah, if yep. it was coming soon, they would tell us when it was coming. <laughs> so coming soon means not coming not soon, soon. Ironically, <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, it looks really great. I, I'm a big fan of heist movies. This the the premise is great. I love those those movies where because Oceans does the same thing. They tell you how they're going to do it, but they don't tell you. You know, and, and they'll give you enough clues to. I love that when they you. show you essentially, like in they show you everything you need to know. Yeah, but you don't put it together until they tell you, or yeah. at least until they tell you a piece. But of they it. show you the heist, and then you and you see what everybody else is seeing, you right? Know, and, and it's then not you enough. Figure it out as things yeah, go. Yeah, so that's uh, awesome. I always felt like the worst heist movies are the ones where you can't possibly figure it out. Yeah, I love that they've uh, that they've kind of set it in the present too, because like during the scene, this is in the trailer, so these aren't spoilers. But like during the scene where you know the guy comes back from the bank supposedly with the money, and there it's like this TV special thing looks like what it is, or maybe like a Cirque du Soleil style performance, right? right? I don't know. It looks it like just David Copperfield. Yeah, exactly. And there's like crowds, big crowds, and everything. And he's like, I know a lot of you have had trouble this these last few years. Some of you have lost your homes and things. We thought we'd give some of the money back. And like money falls from the the ceiling. The yeah, ceiling. right. And you're like <laughs> the Robin Hood act. Yeah, yeah. Nice. And so everybody's all like happy with them and everything, except the bank that actually did get robbed. <laughs> the, yeah, whose yeah. money was that exactly? <laughs> <laughs> the banks. The banks. Yeah. Yeah, sure. It wasn't those people who actually keep their money in the bank. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, screw them. We'll give you back your own money. <laughs> yeah. Here you go. Uh, but 
it, it's it's one of those movies where I, I I'm excited about it beforehand. I really I love heist movies anyway. Uh, I'm totally with you. Yeah, it I know. We're in, in dire need of a yes, good one. We are due a, a new good one. Yeah. yeah, and even if this is mediocre, I'm still gonna go watch it. I don't think it will be because I mean, it looks on. great. It Who really does. In it? Yeah. How can it be that bad? Yeah. You know, and and the thing I was saying about not being able to figure it out, that's what I love about like the Oceans movies. You know, they actually do give you enough to to figure it out. And and even if you don't, you don't feel like you were. Yeah, it's not about fooled, that. It's you know? not like it's and that's it. It doesn't fool you or make a fool out of you. It leads you on a fun journey. That that is the real problem with the Nancy Drew books, man. Is that they don't give you enough information to actually figure it out? Or they, they give do, you like they give they you like clue. Out their butt at the yeah, end. exactly. Like A B C D E, and then you know the book ends, and she's like, "Oh, ha ha! It was Z. The stuff that you had no idea it's not, about. It's like four. Yeah, pie. Remember watching the original? Thanks a lot, uh, Nancy. Freaking Nancy Drew. Mm, freaking Nancy Drew. Yeah, I remember watching the original uh, Eyes of Laura Mars. Or through the eyes of Laura Mars, it's uh, I think it had Tommy Lee. Tommy Jones Lee in Jones it. movie, yeah. And uh, watching that going, and at the end you're just like, "What? You didn't tell me that? There's no way we could have got that." You know, it's <laughs> <laughs> the last time I watched it. I'm like, "Screw you, La- Laura Apparently Mars." Apparently, the people who made this movie forgot about the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, you didn't need me for this experience. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I don't think this will be like that. It really looks like they've they've planned it through to to give you a, a nice experience and i'm i'm really looking forward to it absolutely now audra missed that trailer when sean showed it to me because, i missed it. i'm sorry because she was busy joining mi6 <laughs> yes <laughs> there's this awesome game um i actually found it via io9 who mentioned it but there's a text-based adventure game online and it's so cool it is called. Why do you keep reloading? It's called the British. It's called. In, why do you keep reloading? It's called the British <laughs> Intelligence Officers Exam, and it's just a, it's just a website with a text game on it, and it responds to real, you know, English language commands, just like the old ones. Uh, I, I think it's a little bit better at recognizing your commands than the ones thirty years ago. <laughs> Zork. But. It's really cool. Like, I actually thought that there was something wrong with my iPad when I went to the site to check it out. <laughs> you know, because the site is just a, an IP address. And then it gives you all this, like, code on the screen. And then, you know, you realize that it says, like, MI6 verified and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, sweet, it's working. Um, <laughs> oh, sweet, it's working. It's great. In. It's so low tech, <laughs> but it's really cool. Like, it's low tech visually, but the tech the high tech part of it is the that it West. can it can understand almost anything you say inventory you know? drop axe so yeah at <laughs> all anyway i've i only played it for a few minutes uh, i'm going to have to go back to it but to me that is that is sweet i, I wish there was a i don't know what's the best way to just google british intelligence officers exam this is the kind of thing that you hear around the uh uh you know around the podcast room sean is is setting up and Audra is 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 playing the game and I'm like going to go to the bathroom or something and I hear Sean saying we're podcasting you can join MI6 later yeah. <laughs> like, the agent I was trying to help things like that you know? <laughs> the agent I was trying to help was being all snarky I was trying to get her out of these catacombs and and I'm like, you, you just know, die then. I'm like, put the, put the bomb on the door. Cause she's like, these guys are trying to get in the door behind me and I, I won't be able to hold them off. And I'm like, put the bomb on the door. And she's like, and she's like, well, 
if I do that, I won't be able to get out then, will I? So no. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, fine. Yeah, fine. I Put mean, your bomb on your face. Yeah, hide, <laughs> hide behind pipes. <laughs> Good idea. Like we should have that idea <laughs> earlier. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you're a professional. But you know what? When I when I was a kid, I remember those text games. But I was so young that you know I, I wasn't able to ever really like sit down and play through the game at length because I was you know I was just six years old or whatever, and I would get so only so far and then just not have a chance to finish or, or give up or whatever. But this is awesome, so I'm I'm stoked about this. Apparently, there's a new console game called Double uh, O Seven Legends that um, people are saying is not necessarily as cool as it could have been, but the text game, love it. Nice. See, my first text game was... Uh, Dark. No, uh, it was uh, um, the... Electric Boogaloo. Oh, that one, the Old West one? No, no it wasn't even that. It was uh, uh, the... Not, I think, Life, the Universe, and Everything. Oh yeah, the uh, it, it was the, the yeah the Hitchhiker's Guide yeah, Infocom game yeah yeah that's cool. You have no tea. Yeah, exactly. And if yeah. you didn't like, it's very important. Wake up. Such a British game, right? Go to the bathroom. <laughs> it's the pursuit grab of tea. The towel no, you, and, know, you know how you yeah. Well, it was it was and, notoriously the most difficult. Of yeah, them. I mean it was ridiculous. I mean the world explodes every time you do something wrong. It does help I mean, if you knew. <laughs> If like you those choose your own adventure books. books. If, yeah. you, if you'd read the Hitchhiker's books, you have to follow the first book. His path. Uh, very carefully, because if you don't, you end up still, if you don't get, you don't hitchhike and you end up on the earth when it blows up. Yeah. When the Vogons destroy it. Yeah, I mean, so, so, I mean, and I hadn't read the book, so I'm like, this is the worst game in history. I don't understand what's going on. Why also, is the earth keep exploding? Like, you think you got off and every, the world and everything's great, but if you didn't have the beers that they said you do, then you... You know, you come apart after after. Oh, you... when he goes into the pub with Ford Prefect before, exactly. like when when Prefect oh, yeah. explains everything to him. Did anybody else as a child not get the Ford Prefect joke? I had no idea what the hell. I didn't was. read these as a kid. So. Yeah, I... the Ford Ford Prefect is a car. Yeah, it's a, and I psh, I didn't know that. I mean, I had no idea what the hell it was. I'm like, why <laughs> are you doing? Yeah, I just. I thought it was some kind of other thing. And, and I had not read the I thought the it was books. the autocorrect, you know, for word perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so when I finally got to Hitchhiker's Guide, I didn't like it just because I had had so much trouble with the game and I just, screw this. My you know? favorite of all, and I think I've said this before, though, if you want to go, and there are a lot of, I don't know if you know this, but you can download them and play them on your iPad and, or on, oh, yeah. on the Android as well. They make, uh, they make, people have recovered that as an art essentially they've made these little engines that will let you build games like those mm-hmm. and some people have built their own interactive fiction they call them. and uh but they're also emulators that will run all of the original infocom games so if you want to it's kind of fun my favorite and the one i would i would suggest playing if you want to is is suspended that was the one where you are you wake up <laughs> you get in I, trouble at school no <laughs> i'm making fingers <laughs> i believe that one you wake yeah. up and essentially you find out you're like uh, a mind in the ship controlling these robots oh that's awesome and each of the robots can do one thing like they can one can move things one can see one can hear you know and 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 all these interesting things and like you run them around trying to figure out what they are and you, and you know none of this you have to like just figure it out and like you, you'll send one someplace and they'll just fall out a hole into space and go away and you're like well crap you know well there goes the one that can see <laughs> <laughs> that could be a problem you know yeah. and and you'll, you you get pretty soon to where you're like crap I need to be able to hear this and then move something so I need this one here and that one there and I don't know it's cool it was a fun game 
Wow. I always thought that was the coolest one. I I got back onto him because my dad uh, also had Leather Goddess, which... Which worked out for me. Yeah. Uh, that one was the one I got into. I'm like, holy crap, this is great. <laughs> yeah. You know, but uh, after that, I just... Spank with whip. Uh, you Spank laugh. with whip. <laughs> Pretty Spank much. with whip. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, it's, it's close. Now yeah. you can get anything because, I mean, oh, people yeah. are making I mean, their own interactive fiction. There's a lot of good stuff available. Uh, yeah, any, any particular uh, slant you go towards. Taking a small jump forward in the video gaming world. <laughs> <laughs> From Brilliant suspended. segue, sir. That was nicely done. <laughs> you like that? I do. Uh, <laughs> I finished Halo 4 uh, this week. Oh, sweet. We still have not unwrapped our copy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, level, Boy, damn it. I'm, I'm level 18 on the multiplayer stuff, which they've they've done very differently. And, and I finished the game. And, you know, I can say it's worth playing. Uh, they do some really good stuff. You get to see a lot of of the chief and Cortana and their actual relationship and how it works and and everything. And uh, you know, it, it works out pretty cool. They end it like they normally do with Halo games, which is very open and a happy note and a sad note at the same time. Awesome. Uh, which is how they do all the. I mean, it, it very much follow the Halo formula. The first couple chapters are rough as hell. Um, they're very kind of boring, and I, I didn't really like them. They felt repetitive. But uh, the end of the game, and and about midway through to to the end, very 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 well done. So my favorite Halo impressed. game ending of all time is still in Reach. I think it was in Halo three, or, or was it one? What? Uh, uh, where at the end, where if you finish it on Legendary, um, the, oh that was Halo was it Johnson, C, the first one. Yeah, yeah, Johnson or whatever, and the uh, the alien from the flood. They Remember like when you blow up, the... they're about to die, and they hug each other. And if you finish it on Legendary, Johnson like grabs the alien's butt. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that. I yeah. guess it was the other way around. It's it awesome. was the other the elite grabs Johnson's ass. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, because oh. like you know how you know how as you step it up, you get more dialogue. Oh yeah, yeah. right. Because this is pre skulls where you can oh, turn totally on the rare dialogue. It, yeah. But... And and yeah, so at the last one, you see, you get the, <laughs> the right as the ship's about to blow up, they like look at each other. He's like Holby, <laughs> and he like puts his arm, and then he goes, his little hand slides. <laughs> that was classic. Nope, missed that. We totally need to finish the the um, the uh, the CE uh, anniversary, anniversary yeah, to see yeah, if that's yeah. still in there. Oh wow. yeah, that's On right. That would be awesome. That's a <laughs> yeah. Well, I can tell you, Halo Four is not. <laughs> <laughs> Halo Four is not Reach and it's not ODST. Yeah, well, those were but, those but were. You, you feel yeah. like I mean, you know how you feel like you're playing something special, and I've said this before. When you're doing ODST or Reach, you feel like it's special from front to to finish. It's like wow, this is really something interesting. You don't get that from Halo Four. It is a good game. Don't get me wrong; it's good, and the new weapons, and new new people, and new stuff is cool. Uh, it also deals with some of the origins of the human race. Also cool. Not Reach. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think Reach and, uh, and ODST are very much like the, they're like great examples of the best of the new type of movies that we see. The, uh, um, the reboot ODST and the, uh, and the prequel Reach, you know, like with Reach, you have that moment and they do this one thing that I, I have found for me is like the test of a good sequel. Like, like the bad C, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, of the bad prequel. Right. To me, the, the, the bad prequel, like, is the one that just presents you with all these things. Mm-hmm. 
And the good prequel is the one that like tells its own story. But at some point where something critical is but going on, the other all of a sudden you realize that you're seeing something that is forming a story that is classic in your mind. And you come to that conclusion. They don't give it to you. You yeah. like realize it yourself. And that, you know, and, and all of a sudden you get goosebumps, you know, that's with reach. Like at the end of reach, you're playing this great story that kind of stands on its own. Right. And then at the end, you get the monologue with, yeah. with the you know the Cortana stuff and or yeah. you know whoever was doing the monologue and you just I don't you know, realize you're like you know? holy yeah. crap no no I think it is Cortana isn't it I think so when you when you don't survive and, yeah, and, and you, you see the and helmet your helmet like is there and you the realize grass. they showed it to you beforehand and you didn't know that was you yeah. You know, when you're just like, holy crap, you know, you've been... Now I'm really sad. You've been mind-fracked, and, and they, they've given you the entire story because you've now walked through it, and especially at the end where it's, you know, the last thing is just survive, yeah. and you know you can't. Yeah, because you know the story. It's like, you know the boat sinks, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's going to happen. And and you realize what's going on, and, and it's just... And then she she's, you know, when they explain to you that, you know, you are the reason that all this happened, you were the linchpin and you know, it was your mission to die and you did that. And, uh, you know, this is your planet. This is your place. And, and this is where you belong because you let all of us live. You're just like, <laughs> so what's the premise of halo Four? halo Four is, is the master chief is of course, where we left him inside the ship. Right. And in three, yeah. And three, uh-huh. when he's just drifting in space, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. that's right. where he got left. And Cortana is the Sentinel watching over him. Uh-huh. Well, they drift into a place that is, uh, a place basically where everything began. Uh, all the struggle, all the, the, the races and everything came from these forerunners and they've mentioned the forerunner time and time again. Right. Well, you meet one and you meet the one that ended the last cycle. And it's bad. It's very bad. And you realize that the chief was meant to be here for a specific reason. Sort of like the guy from Reach was meant to be at Reach. Chief was meant to be here. Yeah. And everything that's happened was happened according to a plan. And you you meet the person, the architect of that plan. And it's kind of uh, one of those things where the chief is supposed to do this and it's going to cost him. And they tell you up front that it's going to cost him. And it does. So uh, it's the chief being chief, and um, Cortana is having problems. It's not like you've lost Cortana like in 3, where Cortana was taken from you. Cortana is going through what's called rampancy. She's only designed to last, uh, I think, five or six years or whatever it is, and she's eight years old, or seven years, and she's eight years old. So she's coming apart at the seams. and Like Kess. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> not like Cass. Say, please say no. No, um, not like Cass. She's basically because she's an AI and because she's seen so much and done so much and been interacted to so many systems. She is thinking herself to death. Oh wow! Um, with rampancy, and she is Sounds like me at the end of a semester. <laughs> <laughs> she is literally thinking so many thoughts and so chaotic and everything, and she's. You can hear like the thoughts that she never really tells the chief, but she's she has no choice; she has to say them. So huh. she's going through these things, and it's uh, you you meet what chief was meant to do, his real purpose for being, and uh, it's 
It's pretty big. It's a big story once you finally get into it, but it takes you a couple chapters to get into it. You know, I wonder when we're talking about these uh, different series that have the architect or the plan kind of at the core, whether it's Halo or the Cylons or the Matrix, you know, I wonder, like, I can't help but ask the question, what does that say about us? You know, because that's what you do, right? That's what sure. you do in the humanities is you ask, like, how does that make us human? What does that say about humans that... um or at least in our culture, that we keep creating these stories over and over and over that have some kind of master architect or the engineer in, you know, in Prometheus, we have a someone who created people. And it's interesting. It's like, I think that we're afraid of it. We're afraid of the architect. We're afraid of the architect being evil. But I think we also kind of want it too. I think it somehow gives us comfort. Yeah, hence religion. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's interesting, though. It's um, it's a way other than religion to explore those same ideas. Agreed. Agreed. Which is kind of funny because they have uh, what's called Promethean Knights in this one, which are like the elites of the new bad guys. They look just like them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hmm. You don't know, but it's, it's pretty interesting. It all ties together, but uh, it's a fun game. One last uh, piece of news that was interesting. Uh, there's an article about um, some scientists, basically, who looked at photos of Einstein's brain. And what's interesting is that the guy who, when Einstein died in the 1950s, um, the guy who did his autopsy kept his brain. And I don't know how all this worked legally or whatever, but he took a bunch of pictures of it and compared it with his scientist colleagues and things like that. And he was going to write a book about Einstein. And so he kept all the pictures and everything and all his findings secret. Um, but then he died before he finished the book. So these photos of Einstein's brain have been sitting in cardboard boxes in this guy's personal stuff until 2010 when, you know, for whatever reason, his family uh, turned over all of his research and stuff um, to, you know, I don't know, other scientists. And at any rate, they were able to look at these pictures and determine that Einstein really did mecha- like physically and biologically have a different brain. Huh. And that and a the, lot more wrinkles in the Yeah. In the uh, I guess it's one of the cortex. Well, in the somewhere in the frontal lobe, the part of the brain yeah. that they say is associated with uh reasoning and planning that he had more folds in the, the brain matter and that more folds are associated with, you know, higher capacity or higher ability. And, uh, I don't have a lot of details right now. I mean, that's, that's kind of all the information that's out there right now. Um, I'm sure they'll publish more on it, but, uh, it's interesting. I mean, you can look at these pictures. When I look at the pictures of the brain though, I don't You're see, like, Hey, it's a brain. I need it to yeah. be compared to a normal brain. Cause I don't know what to look for, but, but apparently he really did physically have uh, an extraordinary brain. You know, I, I have to admit, I, I have for a long time, I kind of thought about the physical, how can I say it, physical versus mental, like whether it be behavioral things or whether it be, um, you know, intelligence or whatever you look at and you're like, is this a physical thing or a mental thing, you know? And I think the answer is always yes. 
like because mental the way you think is a chemical thing so you know anything that can affect you physically can affect you mentally and obviously since the way you think changes the way your your physical brain develops yeah uh, the way you think can change the way you are physically. So the yeah. answer is always yes, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. like a, an emotional response is a series of yeah. firing neurons yeah, and well, chemicals you know, you know? and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So they're like, well, is it physical? It's entirely mental. And you're like, there's no such thing, man. They, no. all, they all go together, okay? Yeah, you're constructed that way for a reason. It all works together. Going back to the idea of the matrix, right? If you yeah. think that you're dead in the matrix, then you die outside of it. And if you have a residual self-image, then that affects you as well. Yeah. With the release of Skyfall, yeah, yeah, indeed, uh, which we'll be talking about next week, we thought it would be fun to spend a little time with, uh, you know, the world's most famous spy, oxymoron that that is, mm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, indeed, it's kind of funny. I, I think I remember like my introduction to to Bond was in the 80s as a kid, and uh, I'm trying to remember the first movie that I saw, and I am pretty sure, gosh, which was the one with the submarine car? The one with the... Yeah, you know, oh, the Esprit that was the submarine. <laughs> well, I remember that, that one was well. My first, that was my first Bond flick, I think. And I, of course, as a kid, I was fascinated with the gadgets and I was fascinated with, you know, the... He was really cool. And as an adult, I, I want more. But as a kid, that's what I was into, yeah. you know? <laughs> It's embarrassing. My, the first Bond movie I ever saw, I think, was Goldeneye. That wasn't bad. I, that was well, the first one I saw in the theater. Yeah, yeah. I oh, saw it in the theater also, but I had never actually seen any Bond movies before what that What did one. you think when you saw it? You know, I don't even remember. <laughs> it was that good. It, it, huh? wasn't, it didn't really strike me. I, I went with a group of friends. I think I was in high school. And I went with a group of friends and I was like, eh, it was fun, but I didn't Hanging really... out with the friends was the important thing. The movie was sort of the movie. Well, I usually would pay attention to movies, but it just didn't strike me. I don't remember anything about it. Golden Eye had the, uh, uh, had the big... Uh, was... Oh, it had the big... Uh, everybody threw the fit over because it, it was the Z4 or whatever, the BMW. <laughs> I was thinking it was Arecibo, right? The, 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 or no, which one is the big South American... Uh, um, uh, Radio antenna. Oh radio, yeah, no, yeah, the, the Arabesco. Oh, Arecibo, oh. Uh, yeah, you yeah, know, dish. Yeah, where they pulled the sure did. Uh, early on. They pulled the uh, the SETI data. Yep. Yeah. Nice. So that was that was kind of cool, right? I, mean, I, I don't remember. Don't remember. I, I, I was, was in like, high school. Psh. It's been a while. Then you on a top. Oh yeah, Famke Jensen. There was that. <laughs> Chuck's like, and the dirty shame of it. No, <laughs> it was more like, <laughs> damn man. <laughs> You do seem a little less than enthused wow. about that. <laughs> it was really uh, not soup for you. I don't know. It was actually. It was, I I understand uh, Chuck's reaction probably is in part due to the fact that he spent an entire semester uh, studying like feminism and <laughs> in, in digital media no, and all I, that stuff. I don't stuff think it's as much that as it is because. You know, I don't think it's really a question of that. I mean, they're not they're not hiding anything. They're pretty clear with what they're. I mean, come on. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, but I, I think it was just one of the less interesting parts of the the Mia the story, it. you know, <laughs> and that one such that it was. But you know, I think that's an important part of Bond, right? I mean, that was that was always what Bond was was this uh, this womanizing dude with a bunch of cool gadgets that uh, you know, and a cool car and and blah blah blah. Right? Well, they did have a couple of those. Yeah. It's interesting. There's a the spy who loved me. That's it. Or uh, there was the Lotus Esprit uh, delivered to Q. The Lotus is capable of transforming into a submarine. There we go. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say it's interesting. There's an article on io9 that talks about why there could never be a, a woman bond. Yeah. You know, either or a bond or bond equivalent. And io9's take on it is that it's just not the same for women that that when women, I, I couldn't really tell the argument they were making or if they were making fun of it, but they're saying that women don't normally go around hooking up with people just for fun without developing any attachments. I, I disagree with that. Yeah. For and a lot they, they might've been making fun of that point of view. Cause I think maybe what they were saying is that's the assumption that keeps them from creating a, a uh, female bond like character. I think there totally could be a female bond. You know, I, I think if anything, we've discovered that that you can, I mean, Starbuck being the great example, right? I mean, you can work better than the original Starbuck by a long shot. Yeah. And I mean, you know, what's funny to me, though, is that they've never really, I think, bothered to explain the the changes in in bond like like you almost think they would have by now. Like which changes the, the I mean, different actors, right? Like they just, they just, it's, it's just assumed it's the same character. We move on. Right. It's kind of like now when you hit Daniel Craig though, cause they, they keep talking about when I recommended you for this position and all that kind of stuff. And this is his first mission with this. And this is, he's new and all that stuff from this, from Casino Royale up, they've, they've kind of, it's a reboot. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is. I mean, more than Bond normally reboots. But see, I always thought it could be. It would have been completely reasonable to to Doctor Who this, you know, to essentially be like, yeah, there's a 007. It's not always the same person. It take they take the right, name, right. you know, when. Well, yeah, in the in the Pierce Brosnan years, they they explained, you know, uh, when he's talking with Dumbledore or not Dumbledore, <laughs> uh, 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 crap. That's awesome. Uh, Hagrid. Yeah. When he's talking with Hagrid. Robbie Coltrane. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's like, you know, I hear the new M is a lady, you know, and they, they're explaining that these these people do go in and out and they, it's the uh, sort of like incarnations of immortality. It's it's an office. Well, you know, M, M and Bond. M management, and, Q, quartermaster. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense, right? But like. Yeah. But 007, they never really. It's, they yeah. don't. They don't that. explain what that is. I mean, I think it's supposed to be always the same person like yeah. it and and we're just we just accept that the stories are told differently and that's okay and i don't have a problem with that but i but i think it, i think it totally could could work that way you know like why wouldn't it i guess you know without getting into it because we're going to talk about it next week skyfall would break that but uh but all the other f- films i think fit perfectly into the idea that somebody assumes the role and assumes the name and especially since they talk about uh, they insinuate in Casino Royale that the bond might be an orphan. You know, it, you well can, they've said that before. I mean, they've they've told um, uh, uh, back in Goldeneye, in fact, when he was talking about the orphanage and and everything, and him and Alex were uh, or Alec or whatever his name was, who grew up together and all that mm-hmm, kind of thing, mm-hmm. and that uh, he came from this or that, and and they've they've insinuated and told you like little bits, 
before. I mean, just mm. like little tiny deals. But back in the day, like in the 60s, man, you didn't know jack about Bond. Yeah, and it wasn't important back then. Yeah, I think. he has always been, as you see him now. You know, this is, <laughs> yeah. this is what it is. Like, what mattered was the kind of the veneer and the cool. That's what, like, you were saying this earlier, Chuck, like, uh, outside the podcast, we were talking about it. And I, if I remember, you were saying that what made Bond cool back then was that he had no real deep story or deep attachments or, like, vulnerabilities emotionally, you know? What made him cool was that he just always did his thing, never seemed compromised, never seemed upset, you know, always was just like cool in the cucumber sense. Yeah, he was Bond you know? bot. You know, that's Bond bot. And now what makes Bond cool is is not the cucumber sense. It's more of the he's cool because he has a whole bunch of crap that he overcomes. Like the way that Spock is cool in the new Trek. Yeah, I mean you get to see with Daniel Craig uh, his bond, he is pissed off and yeah. he is emotional about something. He might screw up. He knows he's going to screw up and that's fine, but he's going to take care of this problem. Even though he's got all these other stuff swirling around his head, that's cool. When he's getting, you know, beat up or tortured or, you know, hacked to death or something like that, it affects him. You understand why he drinks after that. They show you why he drinks because he's, he's messed up about it. He doesn't like it. You know, and that's cool. Uh, when he offers advice about killing people, that's cool. He's like, look, this is going to freak you out. You know, this is going to mess you up. Here's what you need to do if you need to do that. It reminded me of when um, uh, back, in, I don't know if you, either of you guys have even seen it, in The Godfather, when they try to explain to, to Michael how it will be to assassinate somebody. You know, okay, this is what you do. This is how it's going to work. This is what people are going to react to you with. This is how it's going to be. Um it's very much like that. It's a powerful scene. And they do that with this bond. So I have a question for you guys. Do you think that movie making, like, I think it's pretty clear that movie making from, you know, this type of hero in the sixties to now has moved much more toward having him be a, a 3d character with attachments and vulnerabilities and background and all that stuff. Do you think that, that was kind of a, a linear development. Like it was sort of naturally had to develop that way. And now it's going to stay that way or, or continue in that direction. Or do you think it's more of a, a cycle? Like after a while, audiences will get tired of having the bond who's becomes like, maybe it'll get pushed too far. He'll become too emotional or too vulnerable or too much chaos or too many attachments. And people will want to go back to the kind of cool, unflappable, unfettered, just robo-bond. Do you think that we'll get to a point where we'll want that again? I don't know. I uh, I think they will sh shoot for whatever they think they can get the best story and the best payout for. Um, right now, I think that people would not go to see a 1960s Bond. Yeah, I, I think two questions. I think the first question um, is is that a, a natural development? I I don't think necessarily it is a natural development. I think though that that the way we have developed, I think audiences presently expect more 
than they have in the past with that like i guess by natural the, i meant like the movie making allows us to get more intimate with characters you know like early movies people who were theater and stage actors used to like yell their parts in film and the technology has enabled us to get really really intimate so people can not have to do that i don't know? think the film technology has changed enough in the way that lets us in the last 20 years really in the way that lets us get more intimate that way i think you could get really intimate with what they knew in the 80s even i i think though that well a good example like we were kidding about battleship when we started news today battleship is like bond in the 60s you know it's like there's no real story there's no real big thing going on or believable or anything but it's fun right and i think there's still a market for those movies but they're not going to be considered great movies anymore like i mean now to be a great movie we expect that you're going to give us both that you're going to give us something that we care about and you're going to blow us away with it you know and the the modern action flick which has always been kind of a, a, a the the home for popcorn movies right well it's also a moving target uh, with with the modern action movie because it changes with every every bit of uh, I guess society influence and all that stuff. Like you're saying, they expect more from it. But the action movie, they expect more in almost every area. Yeah, right. I mean, now it's like it used to be the home for the cheesy, you know, popcorn flick, and now it's like we expect all the same magic that you would have given us with the popcorn. But oh yeah, we want a movie too, and you better give because if you think about now. It's almost like, thank, thankfully, there aren't really video stores anymore because they it would have been a bitch. You know how they like would divide them up. You'd have action and then you right, have this. Right, and then, right. Well, now you have real like action thrillers. You have action. Well, even on like Netflix and Amazon, you still have to kind of we want our have those genres. Yeah, yeah, but they they use yeah, but see they use a different taxonomy, right? They they use tags thankfully. versus folders, right? Right. You know the idea is you can put it in seven genres and that's fine. You'll find it. I mean, because that's what you have to do. We want our action with everything now. We, we don't want an action movie. We want action romance. Yeah, we want a movie yeah, yeah. with action, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so that's it. And and that's what I think that's what Casino Royale, the reboot, was really for. Oh, you didn't want action? Oh, that's independent films. It's right over there. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, you remove the action. Anyway. <laughs> But yeah, and then the second one is do I do you, do we think it's a cycle or anything else? And I think I don't know if it's a regular cycle, like it's got to go back and forth and back and forth. But I think it does shift. You it know? does, yeah. I think it does shift with with audience. Uh, I think expectations. And here recently, I just don't think the super old formula, like the nineteen sixties formula, works in in today's movie going uh, pantheon. I mean, if you look at any of the stuff we've seen here recently. The the last uh, Pierce Bronson movies, you look at those and go, wow, they're not bad, but they were trying really, really hard to milk all they could out of these things. And I just don't think it was working as well as it could have. Was it? What was the last one? Tomorrow? Was it Tomorrow? Tomorrow Never Dies. Tomorrow Never Dies. I, I remember Audra and I went to see that. Did you go with us? Yeah. We, yeah. No, we, I was there. We all went to see it, and we were all really excited about it. And we all left going... Huh. Yeah, and we are not the believe me, we are not the was kind it to walk. Die another day was that? It might have been. I don't know. I, I it's is I, that forgettable? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just no. I think it was tomorrow yeah. because because they had the the you know the big tomorrow writing tomorrow's headline. You know. Yeah. I just remember we're not the kind of people that go into the theater and come out thinking, 
wow, that I, I had these super high expectations and, and it wasn't that and this is a piece of crap. You know, we don't do that. It's just not us. And we walked out really disappointed. We were all just like, man, I just remember Bond being more fun. And it was sort of like, you know, when you go back to watch that movie that you watched when you're a kid, you know, like you go to watch Dukes of Hazard from when you're a kid because you remember the jumping car and it's cool and you watch it and you're like, wow, this is a racist piece of crap, you know, and it just doesn't hold up, even though what you remember is one thing and what you see is another. And that's how I felt with that. Like I went in and, uh, you know, I, I, I remember that stuff because I was a kid. I'm not a kid anymore. And I go in and I'm like, wow, this is, this is not, not it. And then I think one of the most important things Casino Royale when it came out, dope. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I think you're right that bond is supposed to be fun. And I think part of the fun is with the action, and part of it is with the tech and part of it is with his, you know, you know, uh, just kind of whimsical sexual liaisons. But there has to be humor. Like we we're watching uh, Goldfinger the other night and there's this scene that's so funny where they go golfing. <laughs> yeah. He goes golfing with this Goldfinger. Was funny. Well, you got I got I got this piece of dialogue from Audra and I watching Goldfinger, right? I'll just like, I'm like, wow, look at that get up, you know, what he's wearing when he goes to what Sean Connery's wearing. And I'll just like, that's not, it looks pretty good. I'm like, that is, that is stupid. And then he walks, she walks next to Arik, you know, Goldfinger, and you look at what he's wearing and I'm like, okay, okay, compared to what Goldfinger is wearing, that is really cool. Okay, he is indeed, <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. No, he, I thought that Bond looked cool in that golf outfit. I mean, he was wearing Still that little, you, that little like old man hat, which, <laughs> It's a little bit hipsterish now, but it looked cool, I thought, on him. Um, but yeah, so there's this stupid, so funny, this scene where Auric uh, Goldfinger keeps trying to cheat at golf, and, and Bond is just amused, just toying with him, and he thinks it's really funny, and he spends the whole day out on the golf course with this guy just messing with him. And I just think that's awesome. Like that, I love that in the Bond movies. I love the little... I'm like, Bond cheats at golf? Really? Yeah. I, yes. Yes, I, he does. Yes, yes, he does. If it's funny, he does. If, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, and this is in the. This is not a spoiler for anybody who hasn't seen Skyfall, but it's because it's in the trailer. But you've seen the part where he he plops into the back of uh, of a train with the back ripped off of it, and after this, incre- there's what, this explosion, and he lands in the back of the whatever train. Whatever gets and... him in there must have been incredible. And then the first thing he does is as he's walking forward, is his adjust his cuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. That's the kind of thing that never goes away. Yeah. That's the, when they draw the best from the past, that's what they get, you know? Yeah. Because it's yeah. not practical. It's stupid, but it's awesome. You know, and sometimes you just got to leave the lines in there. Like from Goldfinger, what, what do you expect me to talk? No, I expect you to die. Oh, that, <laughs> that was awesome. awesome. Yeah. That was Dr. Evil. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> it was. Yeah, I mean, that's where they got it. Yeah, yeah, was yeah. Like, got it. Audrey was like, I had no idea that there were th- that this many of these. <laughs> well, I, I knew that there were a lot of Bond these movies. cliched references, but I had no idea how many there An were. An elaborate but easily escapable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what the he's talking about. Volcano. Yes. Yes. That yes, was Spectre's that was Lair, a... played brilliantly by Donald Pleasance. I mean, you, when you see all this stuff, you're like, oh, yeah, that's where they get it. You know, I, but it does. It comes from these movies. Although... I will admit that one of my favorite Bond movies is still You Only Live Twice with the hollowed out volcano <laughs> and Donald Pleasance and, you know, the kitty. The kitty. You, know? <laughs> you always have to have the and, uh, stroking the white cat. Uh, you know, the the whole, I mean, there's pussy galore and the barricade or the piranha. And, okay. 
So, so funny thing, uh, two things that I found that just cracked me up. Number one is that uh, those, the flying team, the Pussy Galore flying team, right? <laughs> flying those, you, which you know what they are, the Cherokee those, 140s. Cherokees. Right? Yeah. Piper Cherokee 140s. Um, <laughs> the performance plane. Yes. What's awesome is, is, you know, all the tail numbers were visible. Did you bother to look? I couldn't help it. I didn't. I did. So, yeah, there were five of them, right? Apparently one of them crashed a while back. They were all sold to people because, I mean, hey, they didn't It's in the Bond movie. Much you know. ca- no, I mean, it wasn't even that significant. Nobody gave a damn. They just went back into the market. <laughs> they just said, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And uh, four of them are still in private ownership and probably in operation people who just don't care (laughs) none of them did anybody bother to like put the logo on it and leave it on it for fun which you gotta imagine would have been kind of fun yeah the second thing being that you can get a t-shirt uh i think it's redbubble you know one of the t-shirt sites you can get a t-shirt with the with the logo on it which would you gotta admit would be pretty funny we were talking about with a name like that i'm like really pussy galore really and I think that part of it is because okay. the name was more of, there was more double entendre back then because people would still use the word to refer to cats and other things, right? Versus now, it's just... Versus now, just there what is, is no... Meaning. Yeah, there is no entendre. There's no double meaning now. It's only Unless that. Unless you said so. it to like joke about a cat, yeah. in which case... Uh, yeah, yeah. And we're like, it's sort of like... I need to go home to massage my pussy. You know, Mrs. Slocum yeah, or something. Yeah, it's, you know? it's the same reason. Example. It's the same time period. You yeah. know, she was making those jokes in the, the 70s, you know, and this uh, Goldfinger was in the, the 60s, right? 64. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm like, how do they get away? That was such a racy name. Like today, you know, that would that name would evoke a lot more, I think. I don't know. In the 80s, the, the Bond movie was called Octopussy. True. Yeah. That's like, true. Really? Yeah, you're like, Seriously? Is that like that woman they, who had eight babies? Or, yeah. <laughs> like, they were going to call her that, but yeah. CNN was like, no. You know, you know, like in, like in Green Hornet when they were like kicking around the names, you know, Green Bee, you know, it was like Octopussy. And they're like, no, no, I'm just going to go with Octomom. So, Octomom. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but the best part of that movie was listening to Sean Connery. Can you imagine Connery, trying to buy underwear for someone like that? Was listening to Sean Connery say pussy over and over. Pussy, 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 pussy. <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. You like, know, we read it going, really, do you guys want me to say this? Every single time. He was, no, he looked amused every time. <laughs> a pussy. Sean Connery was really pretty hot back then, but it's true. He just got hotter, like he was continues to get hotter. something, wasn't he? Was he a Mr. Universe or a Mr. Really? No, yeah. he wasn't big enough. Was he? Oh, oh you're gonna check Uh-oh. it out! Oh, we Come get the on. raised eyebrows and the grab the pad. And oh, that's awesome. He's, he's something. That's I, awesome. I remember that. I have to. I have to. While he's looking away. that up, I, I, mean, can, I don't think he was on. a bodybuilding champion. Space. While while he's looking that up, speaking of octopusy, that had my oh, no. favorite Bond gadget in it of all time, which was the BD5 jet. <laughs> the little no, it's this. Oh, the one that flew through the barn. Yes, or yes. When he like <laughs> her tampons look like a candelabra. <laughs> Wow, that's. I'll just shut up about. I don't know, man. There's wow. a little jet the size of a, of a small car. It's cool, and and we're talking about candelabra tampons. Sorry, sorry. Well, oct. You know, like, I I got it. Go ahead. Aren't there more than? Well, anyway. What are you crazy? You don't go between them. There, see, I set you up. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Yeah, hold on. I'm almost to. I'm to his uh, thing here. I just got to do the search. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, I would yeah. have been doing the. Uh... 
<laughs> yeah, he was Mr. World. Wow. Oh, okay. Wow. Cool. Wah, wah, yeah. Well, that's and, uh, nothing compared to Mr. Universe. In 1950, his official website claims that he was third in the 1950 Mr. Universe concert, or uh, concert, contest. Wait, uh, like the bodybuilding uh, competition? Yeah. Yeah. Sean Connery was a bot. I had no idea. Hold on. Hold on. I'll find you a picture. Well, oh, yeah. We need a picture, I'll I'm afraid. Because that, 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 Oh, I no. See. I know what picture it's going to be. It's going to be no, Zardos. It's not Zardos. <laughs> We're going to Zardos you. You know what's funny? Um, I had actually commented when we were watching Goldfinger that his body in that movie, like he's in reasonably good shape, but a, an actor with that body right now would not make it as as a leading. There he is. Huh. In 1950, see, that's what he looked like. Wow. Yeah, it looks yeah. pretty good. Yeah, it looked pretty good. That's before, you know, Arnold. And uh, you know, I, I wonder the whole if thing, but he was he's pretty ripped, man. I wonder if that's before they figured it. Yeah, that is kind of ripped. But that's nothing like Yeah, that looks like You can see why Arnold 1950s would beat him. ripped. That know? looks like done without growth hormone. Yeah, ripped. I mean that's, that's pretty really impressive right. before they did that. Yeah. Kind of thing. See, that's awesome. It's when you see the guys who who did it without drugs, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so he was third place in Mr. Universe. I'll be apparently. damn. So yeah, he was a he was like a the the sexy man back in the day when they they did it and uh, I mean, you are right. We're not worthy. <laughs> <laughs> Look, as much Bond as I've watched, and as much behind the Bond with my dad, because Bond is a huge Bond fan. You know, uh, the only one I don't think he really liked was Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, you know, it was interesting to me because with with uh, I mean, it starts out with Bond being kind of a a dude you know he's like a guy that's good yeah he is but he's <laughs> ciao <laughs> and then i mean and then you get roger moore right yeah i Who, didn't think roger moore was incredibly good looking see I mean, my mom flipped over roger reasonably moore handsome but day. really but, but yeah. you're into the skinny over skinny very british dude you know where he relied heavily on the gadgets like you can't imagine roger moore doing anything amazing physically you know See, what I the mean? physical one for me and well and even if you get and you go into pierce brosnan he's even skinnier and right, smaller I right mean, so i mean they just go completely the other way i can imagine sean connery knocking some guys around damn right i mean he's yeah. a big physical dude yeah and daniel craig i can imagine that dude beating down with some and throwing down even uh what's his name in between uh in, in between roger moore and uh wow that's uh, embarrassing and pierce brosnan yeah yes i don't know I can't remember. I want to say it's Weatherby, but that doesn't sound Weatherby. right. Weatherby. <laughs> doesn't sound right to me. It's one of those British names, damn it. Um, but, uh, Wait, uh, who's his name for Mr. Belvedere? Was it Bob? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's his name for Mr. Belvedere? <laughs> I don't think I've heard that reference. <laughs> What's the name of it? We've got Furious Pad working. <laughs> this tablet's everywhere. Oh, I'm right sorry. <laughs> Mine is so old, it's it's not going to get there anytime soon. But yeah, I mean, I could see him <laughs> That's even... That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could see a couple people. I mean, we've had a lot of Bonds, and, and it's... But from that... Timothy from, Dalton. Timothy Dalton? Yeah. Okay. I could Wasn't see Timothy a Dalton a little bit, you know? I could see him kind of, he's a little bit bigger, but even then, 
These are still small dudes, like from Roger Moore up until Daniel Bob Craig. Bob <laughs> Yeah, that's it. I promise you, Bob Bucher has never been, <laughs> nor will ever be, James Bond. Yeah, but Bond. He, lived in, he lived in a place called Beaver Falls. Well, she, she makes a good point. <laughs> you have to admit. That's where Bond goes to retire. <laughs> <laughs> he lives there. <laughs> Timothy Dalton. I don't remember him hey, as Bond very well, but... Yeah, well, you just said that the first Bond movie you ever saw was Goldeneye. Yeah, but I mean, I knew Sean Connery that was That was Timothy Bond Dalton and... and Goldeneye. Yeah. You're like, yeah, whatever. No, no it wasn't. That was James Brosnan. No, it wasn't. Pierce. Pier- or, yeah, Pierce Brosnan. No, okay. In Goldeneye? Maybe, quarter. maybe okay. I got the okay. title wrong. The first Bond movie I saw was a Pierce Brosnan movie. It's Goldeneye, and it was, was Pierce Brosnan. Hold on. Well, see, you can see how much I remember. Chuck likes it. it made a big impact on me. But on GWC, we look things up. Yeah. The standard, though, the standard. It's still going in the intro. The standard for the body type, though, that would be acceptable as Bond has just gone way up. You know, you can't be like, even if you are supposed to be a skinny British guy or whatever, you still have to be absolutely amazing looking. Well, I don't know. I mean, like. I, I guess I was going to talk about Skyfall. Damn it. Um, there are more physical, there's a lot more physical activity in the newer movies. And I think, if anything, our, especially the new Bond from Casino Royale forward. <laughs> if all you're going to do is get your crotch lasered off. <laughs> then you just don't need that much. You know? Except, the, yeah, again, back then, he kind of he kind of did. I don't know that it's necessarily the action. I You're kind of insinuating, and I think, rightly so maybe that that the action movie might require that the fact that bond has has become more of an action no 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 i'm not saying that at all i'm saying that the um the standard of beauty in in movies and tv and everything has increased so much that yeah i was gonna say there's the golden eye poster there's uh there's pierce bronson on the front of that sucker yeah my bad Yep. Um, no, the standard of beauty and, and what's considered good looking and what's considered a good body in Hollywood or, you know, in movies now, you just can't compare. Like Sean Connery's body in in, in Goldfinger, I almost said gold member, in Goldfinger Why not? Um, <laughs> was like he was in reasonably good shape, but he wouldn't make it as a with that body, you know, even as a young guy, he wouldn't make it as a major like shirtless bond anymore you know even no, whacked I him mean, up and everything he wouldn't he have made it he, he wasn't he wasn't ripley enough he you could know? totally handle you know the rock i'm just saying but you know other than that but like what <laughs> what's become like what we expect of our heroes and our our actors and everybody and they movies have to now? either be muscly or they have to be sean connery either way <laughs> we're good well and to be fair sean connery has been on the list of of sexy men for close to 50 freaking years so yeah, there's a lot to be said for that yeah i mean the yeah. dude's holding it together much better we than roger moore if we you've haven't seen, seen him, him shirtless in the no. movies though in like 30 years no, I don't think I so. I bet he's in good shape, man. Uh, well, for as old as he is, yeah. I'm, I'll be dead before I'm old as he is, and I'll look half as good before then, too. So, yeah, that's not going to... Plus, we don't have a Scottish brogue. You know, the first uh, the first, <laughs> the first Sean Connery movie I ever saw like on my own, again, embarrassing how late it was, was The Rock. That's a great movie. Which came out great in like 97. Movie. No, I love that movie. It I just, just brought that up as an example. I know, but I'm saying it's it's embarrassing how I hadn't seen any Sean Connery movies before that. Oh, I come for um, it. I, I guess I had seen Indiana Jones 3, but 
Um, that counts, by the way. Also, but when good. I saw the, I was seventeen when that movie came out, and I went and saw it in the theater with a group of friends. And then I had a sex dream about Sean Connery, and well, I was yeah. like, "You and who? every other red." I know. No I know. I was like, "Who is this guy? Like, he's who is this guy? He's old. He's got like scraggly gray hair, and Apparently I'm having a sex he was dream about runner, him. Runner up and freaking Mister Universe. I'm like, why? Why is that? So I started looking into who he was, and I'm like, "Holy crap! No wonder." Mister Universe is kind of like a, the baseball World Series. Yeah. Like, you know, what about all those people on the other, you know, Planets. alien life out there? They're like, screw you, man. I got more muscles. Hell yeah. Especially there, heavy there gravity no worlds. In baseball. <laughs> those heavy gravity world bodybuilders are just shut out for like, the entire what the rest hell? of the world. What's BS. up, man? This Look at bitch your building you're doing it in. And you know, you know, so yeah, I think it's a little presumptuous. So I pointed out my favorite Bond gadget of all time. The jet. Come on. That's awesome. You got to admit. It is pretty cool. It is really cool. It's, it's a choice. jet. Yeah. He's a, have you ever seen um, uh, the BD-5? It's a little bitty jet. It's about like it the movie, seven but... feet long, yeah. eight feet long. It's a little bitty airplane, and they made a jet version of it. It was originally designed as a as a prop-driven airplane. And they Wait, you mean the, the Pinto with wings? No. <laughs> <laughs> Audra has seen the, uh, top gear. <laughs> the pinto with wings no no that's a little different and the guys actually died and i know it's horrible the wings came off that's what you get for putting hammond, you gotta admit hammond wings. doing that in the top gear like he is he is clearly the best presenter oh of the yeah bunch. yeah and when you see him like he's like they he's a themselves. sexy little hobbit <laughs> i like hammond well look what he's being compared he's like a little to. elf <laughs> Big brown eyes, messy hair, nimble yeah. little skinny fingers. And they found themselves flying a pinto without wings. <laughs> oh. In a secondhand pinto, <laughs> flying at quite some altitude. I mean, the, uh, if you're going to have to go with favorite Bond gadgets, I have to go with Little Nelly, though, uh, which was <laughs> the... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's the one they had in. Uh, oh, that's awesome! Yeah, no, Isn't it's, it? It's cool. it looks like Zap Brannigan's uh, invisible jet. <laughs> it is pretty much, man. And that is a real jet. Uh, very dangerous. Doesn't fly very far. Just <laughs> like very dangerous. <laughs> they are actually. I mean, to you, not anyone else. <laughs> well, it depends, you know. But yeah, I always thought that was a, a seriously, seriously cool piece of gear. It is a piece. It is a cool piece of gear, and it was. Uh, didn't they really fly it? between the barn or something i mean it it wouldn't surprise me i mean they they're they're quite uh they're quite cool little airplanes it's it's a as you can imagine with wings that short it uh it's it's quite an aerobatic little thing yeah wow um, so how about you sean oh yeah it's it's little nelly i'm looking it up here what is Uh, that I will show you. It is the helicopter that they uh, made in You Only Live Twice. Is this Bond vehicles or Bond yeah, gadgets? Well, either one. I it works th- for that. It's it's a helicopter that they assembled, you know, and I'm using the finger quotes That's here, cool. out of a briefcase. I like the missiles on it. Yeah, out of a, a series of briefcases uh, that um, Q brought to Japan. And uh, he's like, a toy helicopter? You know, that's Tiger uh, Tanaka. And... He's like, oh no, it's great, you know. She she does all kinds of weird stuff and everything, but it's this little fast scout helicopter, and it's got rockets and missiles and machine guns and flares and all kinds of stuff in this little bitty tiny thing, and uh, it's it like defends itself against a couple like 
larger helicopters, which are also Scott, you know, scout helicopters <laughs> with, you know, scaffolding in the back and stuff. And it's, it's pretty funny. Cause these, these are like the worst attack helicopters ever in the history of, of anything, but little Nelly destroys like four of them. And, uh, it, it's, it was my favorite. Cause I, I remember looking at it the first time when it's coming out of the briefcases and I'm like, what the hell is that? You know, because Q arrives and he's all pissed off and sweaty and doesn't want to be there and is, is all crappy about it. And they assemble this helicopter out of nothing. I loved it. Yeah. The BD five came out of a car or something. So that's why I called it a gadget. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, I haven't seen enough of the old bond movies to pick a, like a, a specialty vehicle. So I'm just going to go with the Vanquish from Casino Royale. Casino Royale was a DBS, wasn't it? Yeah, I, th- uh, I don't know enough to say that. I had it looked up. Wait, earlier. when does he? Who who drives the Vanquish? What was the DBS in? And which they all look very similar. the The new Aston Martins are like remarkably like similar looking. Um, I love up. the the DB5 though with all of its like old fashioned high tech. You know, I love the ejector seat with the little red button in the gear shifter. Oh hell yeah! Hey, did that car not have a fifth gear? Probably not. Back it looked then. like it went like reverse one two three four. Yeah, let's see here. And uh, Aston Martin had several cars in the Bond stuff. They had uh, Goldfinger, of course, had the DB5. Her Majesty's Secret Service had the DBS. Um, Living Daylights had uh, Aston Martin Vantage. Uh, Goldeneye had uh, DB5 as well. Uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, DB5. Made it die another day. Had uh, Aston Martin V12 Vanquish. Oh, I think that go. must be the one uh, I was thinking of. Casino another Royal day, yeah. had an Aston Martin DB5 and an Aston Martin DBS V12. Nice. Um, Quantum of Solace had the same V12, and in Skyfall, apparently, they had the Aston Martin DB5. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Uh, so that was pretty cool. But if you're we'll going to save go that with, for next time, though. If you're going to go with favorite <laughs> cars, though, favorite bomb vehicle or vehicles we did or whatever, but cars. DB5. Yeah? Yep. Yeah, the original classic. Classic. Almost yeah. everybody's favorite. There's a lot to be said for that simply because it's just so unusual. You know, I mean, it's not. See, I don't identify that with anything else other than Bond. Right. Exactly. You expect to have 50 cows behind the headlights every time you see a DB5. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm with you. The Lotus was kind of cool, but I don't think of it as a Bond car. I think of, it reminds me of like Black Moon Rising. You know? oh, God. When I was I a kid, it would have been the Esprit, yeah. yeah. I I had never seen a Lotus before I saw that movie, and I, I just looked like this alien vehicle, and I'm like, what it the does. hell is that? You know, Because if you're... God, I don't even know when that movie came out, but I mean, it, it, I was young. Just think of it as and this. It was the predecessor to the one that you saw in Pretty Woman. <laughs> and it would be several years before I saw Pretty Woman. That's funny. I don't even remember the car in Pretty Woman. Oh, no. yeah? No. Yeah. It was a much I later model, Lotus Esprit. Back by the t- by then, they were putting V8s in them. When I they were saw still a, just as shitty a car. When I yeah. saw Pretty Woman for the first time, I, I must have been 12 or 13 or whatever. And what stands out to me most is the scene on the grand piano. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, this was, <laughs> the Spy Who Loved Me with the, the Lotus came out in 1977. I saw it when it hit video. So it no, must have been. No, the Lotus was in 77? What it says is the Spy no. Who Loved Me. Holy crap. I thought that was in the mid-80s. I had no idea well, it was car, that early. The car became... Well, remember, they said, at least in the Top Gear special, they said that it was pretty much a prototype when they accepted it for the movie. Right. So 
by the time the car became known and was sold, it was sold throughout the 80s. Yeah. Right, but still, that's amazing. Yeah, and I didn't see it till like the early 80s when VHS really started coming back or, you know, coming into to prevalence. So that's when I really... And as a, I guess, I don't know, six or seven-year-old, I didn't have access to a bunch of libraries with European cars in them. So I'd never even seen or heard of a Lotus. In fact, the DB5 looked to me like it was some kind of strange vehicle as well. But I saw that and I'm like, holy crap, is that a real car? And my dad's like, well, yeah, it's it's real. I mean, you could buy one. Now, it won't go underwater, but you could you could buy one that looks just like that. It's a Lotus Esprit. And I'm just, I remember as a kid, my head just, ah! you know, like that, was, <laughs> that was it for me. That was the, the one I saw that I really loved. See, it's funny, like the DBS is probably my favorite just for practical use. I mean, the DB5, yeah, because it's so... Well, the one iconic. from Casino yeah. Royale. Is the- but if you remove that, I mean, I think the DBS is the one I'd probably most realistically own. Yeah. You know, I but but I got to admit, I think I would, if I was going to get a car just to be flash like that, because it was fun and cool, it'd probably be a, a, a relatively new Lotus, like like the Elise or the Exige, you know? Oh, yeah. Beautiful cars. And, Beautiful and, cars. And, and Stupid I, question. Uh, what's the nationality of Lotus? It's British. British. It's British. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which is which is kind of cool. You know, that was, I, I think that, and they make fun of it in the Top Gear special, you know, the, the, the German period, you know, that brief period where Bond drives BMWs. And I, I, I think I, I had always, it had always bothered me, like when I saw the BMW the first oh, time. Oh, that, that, the- to- that Toyota 2000 GT was awesome, though. Oh, I mean, that wasn't a British car. Twice? Yeah, oh, but that was sweet, though. Car. But yeah, was, they yeah. had a reason for that, though. Like you said, it was set in, in Japan. Japan. In Tokyo. Yeah. Yeah. And, so and they're like, unusual. we need to have something cool. And they had that car, which at the time was the sexiest car Japan made. You know? yeah. And honestly, to this day, it's a freaking classic and a half. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful, uh, beautiful car. But, I mean, think of something else that from Japan until recently that looked even remotely close. And it wasn't. I mean, they just didn't have one. So, I mean, they picked some... What are you talking about, Doc? All the best stuff's made in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chuck's favorite is is one of Chuck's favorites that's made in Japan. It's the NSX, you know? Yeah, Not a Bond car, true. but... From a practical perspective, I've always wanted to own an NSX. And and they're actually affordable now. The, <laughs> the, the fact that uh, the idea of buying a used supercar is not stupid. Yeah, That's I mean, magic. There, I there, mean, yeah, there are some available now that are the pretty, 92, pretty three, four. Wait, didn't Lance Armstrong drive an NSX? I have no idea. Uh, I have no idea. I don't really follow Lance Armstrong. But no, I thought you told me, Chuck, a while back that... Mm, no, that wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, Chuck's right. like, I don't know who you've been talking to. But, uh, see, I have uh, no memory of that, Senator. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, I mean, quite honestly, I don't think anybody gives a damn what Lance Armstrong drive, even when he was, even before all the mess, you know? I think they give a damn what he rides. I, I yeah. don't think they care what he drives. He probably, I could have sworn that there was an NSX like in Dallas at one point, and you said that one, that you had looked it up and that it used to belong to Lance Armstrong. No. Okay. I have I have okay, no, no memory of that. That's Senator. Pretty, seriously, I don't. It's not the kind of thing that I would pursue on my own, you know? <laughs> me <laughs> either. I don't know who told me. Yeah, so I don't think anybody's going to pick some of the Bond cars that... Uh, that are actually out there, like the AMC Matador, sexy, yeah, sexy. And a well, half. they cover, they cover. Like I said, you should go watch the the Bond special because they they cover a lot of that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's just I I think though that for me, 
it was important that if Bond drove a car that fit him, it made sense, you know? And when they put him in something that doesn't fit him, like, as they point out in the Top Gear special, like the BMW or, you know, a BMW sedan, no matter how many gadgets you put in it, that's still just not it's, Bond. It's still not not what he needs to have or the Citroen. You're like, it's a sausage mobile. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, the, I mean, I don't want to recant the whole no, thing, but they, you know, re- retread the whole special. But like when he says it's like a sales manager's car, you know, it's not cool. Bond is supposed to be in something interesting or not. Or he needs to steal it, or it needs to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, something that is is, or even any vehicle he gets into, it is wildly appropriate for what he steals it for. I mean, in Goldeneye, he steals a tank, a tank, I and mean, he drives it through a building, and he has a big statue of Stalin okay, right on cool. top of you it. Okay, I was a fan. You know, you steal a tank, I'm I'm interested. I like the Bond on the motorcycle bit which is in the last two movies we've got that and then again not a spoiler it's in the it's in the trailer yeah you know you see him riding on top of the building in skyfall one thing that's really funny about that is i remember that like when i was a kid uh and i saw my dad ride a, a dirt bike right and and most people who rode dirt bikes rode them like hunched over and just kind of like you know half-assed you know that's not how you're supposed to ride And my them. dad always rode one sitting with his back completely straight you know mm-hmm. and and i when I, I it's weird but i i recall that when i see bond get on one and he rides it sitting you notice he sits straight up on it the whole time yeah, yeah. you're supposed to have your elbows out angle attack it's like know. if you drew a picture of how the the manual says to ride that's like well yeah. he rides it you know what i mean yeah i mean that's and that's what they're for you know i mean that's there's there's a it's very different than riding a street bike or a sport bike or something like that i mean you're there's a reason they have 12 inches of travel on those shocks. You know, I mean, they they use them. Yeah. Cause you know, if you're going to jump between buildings and crap, I mean, you got to have something to like, take that. <laughs> it's taking the next step. <laughs> Motorcycle parkour. <laughs> but I like that. I like the new, even in, even, you know, I guess even in quantum of solace when he, he's very briefly on one. Mm-hmm. I, I always thought that was really cool. They, they've really stepped up on, on some of the, the fantastical, things that they can do they use it in places where i think it makes sense and not in places where you're just like why are we doing this you know i mean (laughs) even in the even back in the day i mean if you're driving a tank through a building it was the vehicle there okay and he needed some some it was cool off-road capability yeah exactly it was cool uh you're flying a jet through a barn well I'm, i'm not really sure why we did that but there was a reason. Wasn't he out running missiles or something? I can't remember. <laughs> I mean, there was a reason they flew it through. There. But now you're coming with much more realistic vehicles and much cooler things that you could do to them. I, I think the magic of having an action, having action scenes that are just as loaded and escapes that are just as harrowing, you know, and narrow, and yet having them going from someplace to someplace that makes sense. I love the scaling back of the gadgets where they're still important, but as they scale them back, they give you reason for it. Like in, in all of the most recent movies, when they do something like that, they've had a clear version of it. Like, like shaking her skirt. Do I look like I give a damn, you know? Yeah. Or, or, you know, just see, I want to talk about Skyfall. We need to talk about Skyfall next week. <laughs> we will. Okay. 
We should pro- do that. We should probably yeah. wrap up here at some point. So like, if I keep talking, I'm going to talk about Skyfall. Go see Skyfall if you haven't yet. It's worth your time. Yeah. And uh, uh, I, 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 I really enjoyed it. If you don't, or well, maybe you won't. <sighs> I thought it you was should great. see it either way because it is definitely uh, the next Bond installation and giving us a big idea as to where it's going. So, Anything you want to add here, Audra, wrapping up? No, I, I think I've enjoyed having a little bit of time off this uh, past week with Thanksgiving and everything and enabling me to watch Goldfinger and to go <laughs> see Skyfall in the theater and to watch Hunt for Red October <laughs> and, Battleship. Uh, and Battleship. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, been, it's been fun, you know, just laying around and getting to indulge in all of this like movie watching, catching up with crap and feels really good. But yeah, I, I am so stoked about Skyfall. I've been trying to keep my, my lip zipped the whole cast, you know, to not give away <laughs> stuff because there's just so much I want to talk about. But yeah, yeah, definitely. John? Uh, well, thank you to Juan for his uh, excellent rendition of Grendel's Mom. Uh, it's beautiful stuff. And uh, that's about all I had. Uh, thank you for listening and thank you for uh, listening to us gab back and forth about crap and stuff well i want to say that i really apologize because we had some calls queued up and we just ran long bsing about bond because it's so much fun pussy (laughs) (laughs) so i i think uh, i promise though we are going to get those calls that we had queued up for this time in next time and and we'll make some time for others as well so if you want to call in feel free especially if you want to talk about skyfall but even if you've got other stuff we have a couple of calls uh about blood and chrome uh, that we're going to take next time and talk about. So it'll be good stuff. Awesome. And yeah. uh, we'll see you next week. On behalf of everyone here at GWC, thanks for listening. And thanks to all who make GWC possible, including producers, Soleil, form moderators, Badger Spoon, Pike, and Frack and Talos, GWC Book Club Maven, Casilda, and tech guru, Juan Drew. Remember, if you'd like to share your opinions with the GWC crew and listeners, you can call us anytime at 214-296-9229, extension 701. You can also contact us via galacticwatercooler.com, our website and blog. But you should really spend some time over on the GWC forum. GWCers really are the friendliest people on sci-fi. And we're always re-watching a group reading something fun. You might even find a GWC meetup somewhere near you. GWC is funded by advertising and by listeners like you. For information on how you can donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash support. Finally, special thanks to Ferris and his friends Encoder and Jim Minadeo for GWC's sweet theme music. For more Encoder, visit them at myspace.com slash Encoder.